Welcome to the Elevate Podcast. We cover everything from missions, where you'll hear from seasoned missionaries and trailblazers on the field, to church production insights, covering topics like sound mixing, social media, and websites, to church planting, where you'll hear from church planting leaders and boots on the ground, to church systems and strategies, diving into programs like Planning Center and MailChimp. Let's grow and learn together. Hey guys, we are here for our second interview. Last month, we talked with Randy Freeman about church planting, which was just a super insightful, incredible interview. So um, super excited to be talking with Mike Trana today. So Mike is the founder of the Elements Group, which is a digital marketing agency in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, they do a lot of amazing work with churches um, just around the country. Mike's, you know, done a lot of consulting with big churches like Life Church. Um, so he has uh, just a really uh, amazing background in the church world, just working, consulting on everything from social media to assimilation and church growth and um, websites, like you name it, he's probably worked with a church on it. So we're super excited to uh, just get to talk with Mike today about church stuff. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So um, we uh, we wanted to talk today about two really big uh, services that happen every year at every church. If you work at a church, you probably already know we're going to talk about Christmas and Easter. So um, just two really big, crazy Sundays in the church world. So, yeah. Um, go ahead, Mike. Well, I was just going to say, you know, those of us that have been around church world, we know that we live on this calendar yeah. where we're always thinking about these key events throughout the year. And I think over the years, what I've started to learn is just uh, managing that calendar in a more healthy way. And yeah. uh, it took a lot of years of me being on the other side, the consulting mm -hmm. side, for me to really start to realize you know, kind of um, how that calendar is so important, not only to the church and the community, but also to the health of uh, our staff and yeah. um, our pastors. And so it's been interesting over the years to look back and see how crucial those two anchor Sundays are to yeah. the growth of our church, but also how they contribute to a lot of other negative things mm -hmm. that I think the hopefully church uh, pastors and churches are understanding um, how to get away from those negative attributes that are connected to Christmas or Easter yeah. when it comes to staff. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've definitely seen a lot of church creatives just talk about like the craziness surrounding those and like the burnout that can happen. And, um, but then on the flip side, like those are obviously big for a reason because yep. they bring a lot of people in. So um, what do you think is probably like uh, a good opportunity with those events like that churches can leverage? Well, I think what's really key is to build a strategy for those days. I think a lot of times we just know hey, we're going to do this, or we have a tradition of doing this, we're going to do these things. And I think that we don't flush that out enough to have the strategy. Mm -hmm. um, those days are so important. Those days um, are built into our society, like here in the United States, yeah. 
that is just a given. And so to be able to sit down early on and develop the why behind the what, but making sure that everybody's on the same page with what is our end goal here? Because, you know, pastors live through the tension of wanting to create an experience for the people that come to their church and have a moment where they connect with God in a totally unique way. Do this in remembrance of me. Spend this time thinking about the things that I've done for you. And so the congregation comes and the pastor wants to present this uh, this event where people can have a moment with God and just really reflect on um, his birth or the crucifixion, his resurrection. And so we want to create that. But on the other side of the tension is also the idea of um, we know that a, a lot of visitors are going to come and they're mm-hmm. going to be there for those days. And so we also have to connect in a different way because we want them to have the power of those Sundays and the things yeah. that the Holy Spirit's going to do in those services. Yeah. But we also have to make sure that we're connecting with those people in a really positive way. And yeah. um, so for me, uh, the I understand the importance of those days. And I do believe in our faith that they're so important. Mm. Whether it's, um, you know, Christmas service or midnight service or however you do it during that season where you're having people come, you're creating an environment where they can almost reset their faith. There's a lot of times um, where people, especially at Christmas time, are resetting their faith. What did Mm -hmm. did I grow this year spiritually? What would I do next year to grow Mm -hmm. more so? And so you think about that. Um, so it's a really important time, but those tension, mm-hmm. that tension that those pastors live through, a ton of people are going to be coming yeah. and I want to create a place where my people can come and have this really, uh, spiritually moving forward moment mm. um, and growth moment. Um, it creates, it, it's a good tension, but it creates a lot of stress because yeah. you don't want to miss that opportunity. Yeah. Um, do you think... I mean, I know I have my opinion on this. I want to know your opinion. And I know it's kind of like a tricky subject. Do you think that there are churches that you have seen this, like where churches just like take it too far with like this concept of like, okay, let's make it this big thing. Let's like bring all these people in that have nothing to do with church or maybe don't ever go to church, whatever, which is a good intention. But like, do you think you've seen that go like too far in the church world? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 100% is we put all of our time and energy into Easter and Christmas service. Mm -hmm. Like we are, and I think it's gotten better a little bit over the years, but Mm -hmm. you know, the amount of times, well, this is a good indication, a good indicator. The number one time for pastors to go on vacation is the Sunday after Easter. Yeah, And as I started going around the country and talking to churches and doing consulting, I realized that everybody was putting all of their time and energy into Easter yeah. and doing very little on the follow-up side. And we yeah. started talking with churches and going, hey, uh, people are going to show up for Easter because it's Easter. People are going to yeah. show up for Christmas because it's Christmas. Where the energy we need to really um, put our time into is into capturing 
those new people. Because mm-hmm. what you want is you want to create an environment where they come. You know they're coming Easter. You know they're coming Christmas. Mm-hmm. Show up. You want to create an environment that is an easy on-ramp for them to continually mm-hmm. be a part of your fellowship. You want them to use that as, as an opportunity to continue to grow in their faith. And so yeah. we have seen, you know, everybody, all the staff, all the volunteers just absolutely wrecked at about one o'clock on Easter Sunday yeah. after they've just gone a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And what I would challenge churches with is dividing that team up Mm. And in involving more volunteers, we're always looking for opportunity for volunteers yeah. to be a part of what we're doing. And so this is a great opportunity to divide your team up, have one team working on the day and having the second team work on what happens at five o'clock on Sunday when the invites go out or the uh, thank yous go out mm-hmm. for thank you for coming. Um, yeah. The email campaigns that go out to capture people or the phone mm. calls that you know, you're reaching out to people. And so as we look at it, it we've got to change our mindset and mm-hmm. go, the, the, the time to really work is after uh, that Sunday when yeah. we start to just really connect with people. And because what we want to do is we want to tap into that, that um, spiritual moment that they had at church. Mm-hmm. And go, hey, this was good. And this is what we want to continue to provide is a way for you to grow in your faith. Sometimes it's to be coached in your faith. Sometimes it's to be challenged in your faith. Sometimes it's to um, be challenged in your ability to have fellowship with people. Like there's all of these wonderful ideas um, and and passions that we're trying to let people have, be a part of. Mm. If the local church is the hope of the world, which I believe that it is, I believe that we definitely have to be more mindful of this tension between the people that attend our church and the constant invite culture that we're trying to create so that we get new people that are coming in. Our churches are in decline, you know, statistically. We know that. Why is that? I mean, coming out of the pandemic, coming out of such a different season, but I don't wonder if it's that as a church, we're so worried about holding on to the congregation that we have, mm. not spending the time to create the invite culture that we need to. Yeah. Sometime I'll come back and talk. We can talk invite culture. Yeah. But I just think that churches have to change their mindset on how much energy and time that they're putting into the actual event. Yeah. And totally not capturing the... Um, the after you know all of the contacts i'll never forget early on in my time as consulting we went to a church very large church they had um a fall festival that they would do big huge Mm -hmm. event um it was just kind of known in the city they had done it for years and years eight ten thousand people showing up Mm -hmm. to this incredible thing it was great for the church they got a ton of volunteers everybody in the church was involved they Mm -hmm. got the booths it was a really great great uh, tool. But in order to get into it, you had to fill out some information. And about a year later, we went and we were doing some consulting work with the church. And we said, hey, you must be growing incredibly off of these events. And the pastor just kind of looked down at the uh, on the floor and just said, you know, all of those Mm -hmm. contacts that we got last year, 
They're sitting under my secretary's desk. Mm. Box. She hasn't gotten to them. Wow. And that was just such a strong example to me of all of this energy and time into the event. Yeah. They had created no systems to follow up. They had created wow. no systems to really capture all of those people. And it was just simply a lack of strategy. It was simply yeah. a lack of thinking through what's our main goal. It's not just to have a great event yeah. that our people can be a part of. It's to get new people to see our church and have yeah. a moment with God that they would want to come back to and grow yeah. in their faith. And so yeah. that always stuck in my mind so mm-hmm. much um, because it's such a wonderful church that, and and they had a big, large team. They just yeah. hadn't put that energy yeah. into follow-up. And so yeah. it's something that we're kind of passionate about here yeah. um, because we're always working with churches on church calendar and, mm-hmm. you know, what that look like. And so... Yeah. Um, so we're always having these conversations. Yeah. I really like that, that idea of like the intersection of like theology and strategy, because you talked a lot about like the theology of, you know, it's not just about big events. It's about like discipling and about reaching the lost and like bringing people in. And if you don't have like the practical strategy of what to do with those communication cards, like that's yep. a missed opportunity. Like, totally. and it's, it, it's both. And like, it's not just yep. wanting to see people saved. It's not just having strategy and like just planning events. Like it's a yep. combination. So yep. yeah. We're always so mindful of getting big crowds. And I think one mm-hmm. of the things that I constantly am challenging pastors on is do you even have the systems, the mm-hmm. capacity to handle all of those people yeah. that come, you know, could come back. Like, mm. you know, we have these amazing increases over Easter and Christmas of people. And what I'm always challenging pastors with is what happens if everybody goes, yeah, we want to come. You're yeah. right. You want to come back. Like, yeah. We spend so much time trying to get this massive crowd. And in reality, I would say, get a smaller crowd that you can really have strong on-ramps for that group of people to get connected to your church. What if you only had 15, 20 families showed up, but you had capacity to really help those 15, 20 Mm. families? Your youth ministry was had margin to grow. Your children's ministry had margin to grow. You know, some of the churches we deal with, I look at them and say, if the, just a percentage of these people come back, yeah. With your kids, you don't have enough volunteers in your children's mm. ministry to even handle that. Yeah. If a number of these, a percentage of these people come back, you don't have enough space. You've not created enough margin in your actual facility to even handle some of these things. And so there's a lot of pieces to the strategy. It's not yeah. just what do we do afterwards, it's thinking through how much investment do we want to do for Easter and Christmas? Mm. What is the amount of visitors that we want to see? I yeah. love church plants. You know, we do so much with church plants because it's mm. so on our heart. And this is where uh, we have these conversations with uh, some of these church plants. It's like you have you you have so many people coming. You have to build the systems to get them to be able to get connected. Do you have some Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, discipleship? Do you have small groups set up? Do you have these things set up? Those things you want to work on, you know, help uh, churches think through so that they go, you know what? It's not that we're trying to get a hundred people here, a hundred more people, a thousand yeah. more people. Really what we want is 50, but we want to be able to wrap our arms around them, be a blessing to them, have a good experience for them and get them to be a part of hopefully what is a growing healthy church. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that because like that whole concept, that whole idea, I feel like is a little bit opposite of like what we're doing now where it's more of this, like, Oh, we're going to put on this big production and this show. And like, it's not really about kind of like that personal connection, um, which I think is really what like, so many people are like hungry for like we're not hungry for another cool show like we could go see that anywhere like people come on Christmas or Easter either because family or friends invite them or because like that you know they're desiring like something more and personal connection and and like you said earlier like people are going to come regardless whether we do like a big show or not so yeah. yeah you know one of the other things and I could talk about this all day, but one of the <laughs> other things is we have a tendency to do on Easter and Christmas things that don't look like our church at all. Mm, yeah. And so we do these big productions, we do these big things, and then the person comes back the next week and half the crowd is gone. Yeah. And all of the pomp and circumstance is all done. Mm, yeah. And all of a sudden they look and go, well, this isn't what I experienced at all last week. Mm. And that has to do with the self-esteem of the church to go, you know, we're going to do something cool, but we're not going to change our whole entire recipe yeah. because when people come, we want them to come back the next week and go, oh, this is what we experienced last week. So yeah. I think that whole idea of spiritually, for the congregation to be spiritually mature enough to know, hey, Easter is not just for me. It's not mm -hmm. just tradition that I do where I come and the church completely fe feeds my needs. Yeah. There is also for new people that are coming that I'm inviting to come. And so that they can have an experience with mm -hmm. Jesus Christ and love and the mercy and the grace that he shows. Yeah. It's not just about me. And so from the pastor to the congregation, there's got to be a conversation to go, Hey, I need you to uh, buck up here a little bit and have yeah. some spiritual maturity and realize Easter is not just for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I, that's where we got, um, you know, some of these, uh, some of the churches that went away from uh, having the kids programs on Easter. And those are all fun. And I've yeah. got a year old. And so I know all of, I love all of those things. Yeah. But the spiritual maturity part of the congregation has to be, hey, this is about people coming that mm -hmm. wouldn't typically come on an Easter or, or wouldn't come typically on a regular service. Yeah. They will show up for Easter. They will show up for Christmas. Hmm. Um, what would we provide for them so that yeah. they could have this meaningful moment with, with God? Yeah. Yeah. That's super good. That's like, I think that's a very good, like starting point in perspective is like, and that's what I, I try to talk about a lot with Elevate is like, why are we doing any of the things that we're doing? And especially like, smaller churches, church plants, like when you have limited funds, like you have to think about like, why are we doing anything that we're doing? Like, okay, is it helping bring people in and grow? No. Is it serving the community? No. So why are we investing all of this time and energy into it? Like, 
And it's not to like be a downer, or be a bummer, or say like we can't celebrate those things. Right. Like, why are we doing it? Like, yeah. 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 Well, that's what I love about what you're doing with Elevate. I just think it's so great that you can help them think through that. You can have those conversations with them. Mm-hmm. You can develop um, the artwork that does draw people in, that does get people connected. But answering the why behind the what, mm-hmm. the genuine heart through the spiritual maturity of us. Because, you know, the truth of the matter is, is pick a church, any church, 90% of the people in that church have gone to that church for over 10 years. Mm. And if there's not spiritual maturity after 10 years, then you might need to shut the doors and do something different. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I first, the very first project I did for you was um, a social media campaign that was like, okay, Easter Sunday's over, what happens now? Like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. which is, I think people don't think about that. We get so consumed, which like you've been saying, like we get so consumed with that one day. It's like, okay, what now? Like, we have all these, are we going to stick them under someone's desk and like let them sit for a year and not do anything? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think it's a super important conversation. I think it's an awkward conversation, but um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that's like tradition that we kind of hold on to and like tend to make it a little bit personal and and it's hard to like let go of those things that, and they can be fun too. And um, I think, you know, there's a fun way to do these and do it well. Like what are some things that you've seen churches do that like, or that you've helped churches do with around these things that you think have like worked really well? Well, I think the thing that is so important is to remember like going into Christmas, um, just all of the mix of the uh, Christmas carols that they do. Like people are coming, they want some nostalgia. They want yeah. to have these fun things. And what's great about Christmas is we have some of the most powerful um, songs that are uh, carols that are built around our Christian faith. And so for them, those new people that come, they already know those songs because they're already singing them and grew up with yeah. them. Yeah. And yet it's a way for us to reframe the conversation to go, this song is about what we do every single week. We mm-hmm. worship the King. We come here. And so I think some of the ideas that we've done is keeping Christmas absolutely uh just a celebration and fun yeah. and we kind of went for a long time where it was really reverent and maybe mm-hmm. we did it, you know at night and um there was you know kind of a um dimmer feel to it so it was a darker feel to it yeah. you know the lights were dimmed and stuff yeah um and so i think what we've done is we said hey uh, let's, let's bring this up a little bit and make it more exciting. And I mean, I grew up where there was a debate of whether Christmas trees should be in the church or not. So I have seen the progression over 50 years of Mm -hmm. we've gone from how dare you put a Christmas tree on stage all the way to, you know, we have Santa Claus showing up, taking (laughs) pictures in the lobby with, um, the kids and just having fun because we're, mature enough to recognize that this is a holiday that is fun and we're mature enough to realize but the real meaning behind this Mm -hmm. is that God sent his son and this was the time that he was born and so having that fun thing I think creating those 
uh, Instagram moments, those fun mm. things. Um, and then going into that strong worship that really mm. ties into everything from jingle bells and the fun of that all the way to Noel and just really having that yeah. um, time, I think it's just a great way to introduce yourself to new people that come. Yeah. I think it's a great on-ramp for people to go, boy, I really enjoyed that. That was really yeah. fun. That was, yeah. That was light. It didn't yeah. feel, and especially in this, you know, season when everything feels so heavy, right? Like yeah. we're dealing with a lot of things coming out of the pandemic and yeah. like church has to respond to that. Yeah. Um, because that's how Jesus was. He always responded to the crowd and kind of what was going on in the yeah. moment. And he was able to have these enjoyable times. He didn't have 5,000 people because he was, you know, boring or saying things that they didn't want to hear. You know, he yeah. was he was intriguing and, and he had mm-hmm. truth and life that he was giving. And that's yeah. what our churches are. Yeah. And so I think that's a, that's a big thing. I think um, Easter is a time so much to uh, have that spiritual moment, that reflection. But, you know, we just did a thing uh, with the church a few years ago where they really turned it into an opportunity to give to families. And Mm -hmm. so here you have all these people show up and they had identified different families, like 40 or 50 different families that they were blessing at completely different levels. Some Mm -hmm. were in um, big bags of groceries because they couldn't afford that. And some were in, you know, cars that had been donated Mm -hmm. for a a single mom that uh, wanted, that couldn't get to work because she didn't have enough people. Like they turned it into a celebration of the actual love and grace of God as yeah. it's shown to people um, and being that conduit of that for those people in, in the, that were going to that church. And yeah. so think about that, you know, I think about that contrast between, um, you know, having uh, a helicopter dump 16,000 eggs onto a field, which <laughs> I'm four. I'm not, I'm, yeah, not against yeah. that. I'm just saying for all of that time and energy of this, you know, fun thing. Yeah. I'm also wondering, is there a way that we genuinely can be the hands and feet of Christ that we can yeah. genuinely do some things that changes somebody's life, you know? Yes. Um, and so I, I think those are ideas that are out there that people are mm-hmm. starting to realize and go. And, and I, Personally, think it's about again. I keep coming back to the church's maturity. Yeah, you know, every congregation, that congregation builds its own personality. Mm-hmm. I would challenge pastors and do challenge pastors all the time. Look at that congregation as one body, mm. and look at that and say, are they a spiritually mature congregation? Mm. Like, are they outside of themselves and constantly? you know, in the mindset of others, or are they spiritually immature and they're just bellying up to the buffet of spiritual goodness and it's all for them and nobody else. So if you can identify as, you know, a pastor and look at your church and go, what's their spiritual level as a congregation? Can I get them to move from constantly needing feeding themselves to Mm -hmm. actually turning around and giving to other people those can inform those big days like that changes your trajectory on those big days we're no longer looking to take care of ourselves we're now looking outward how can how can we do something for this community what can this congregation do to be light and darkness how Mm -hmm. can 
genuinely help? What's something that we could do? Because for a long time, man, we've just come and we get our good feels on and we're just kind of constantly dealing, you know, the same five topics, you know, and, and so we need to grow as as individuals, but as congregations, we need to grow uh, spiritually and we need to turn our thoughts outward. Mm, Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Like, it's not, it, it is a conversation of like strategy and practical things, but the root of it is like the spiritual maturity. I think that's. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you can grow your congregation, if you can start to think about your congregation as that individual, you know, uh, you know, I have 500 people in our church. And if I put them, you know, when you're a speaker and you get on a stage and you start speaking to that group, you kind of start speaking to them as a group. They're maybe laughing. And so there that, that takes on its own identity, yes. 500 people or whatever. It's the same thing with spiritual issues. If I look at that group as a whole, what is their spiritual maturity? Mm-hmm. What are we doing to be light and darkness? Are, yeah. or are we constantly coming to the church and just going over and over and over the same messaging because they're not growing spiritually? Are mm-hmm. we still 10 years, 20 years into our faith still wondering about putting Christ first. Like if you haven't gotten that, then maybe it's time pastor. If you haven't moved your congregation past that, maybe it's time for you to um, pack it up and maybe sell some cars. Uh, But (laughs) that's just my own personal thought. Yeah. 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 Um, So I know we talked earlier about on ramps, like um, during those, those moments and like after those services, like, um, what are some good ways for churches to like incorporate, um, like easy on ramps, like both during those events and like after those events? Well, I think the big thing that we always talk about is not everybody is going to connect to your church the same way. Mm-hmm. And so historically we've done a bad job as a church to get people to connect to the church. Mm-hmm. And so we always say, do it our way. And mm-hmm. I think the church today is now saying, and especially after the pandemic, hey, we'll connect with you however we can. Like that's where yeah. your energy should be. So of course we've seen the QR codes, I think have been a big yeah. um, a big thing. That idea that not everybody wants to write out all their information. Like mm-hmm. they don't care about you having their information, but they may be not going to take the time to write it out. Yeah. Uh, kind of checking it out. Um, the permission that you give somebody in your church, a new person, when they sit down to get their phone out and do the QR code, for a lot of people, that feels really comfortable. Like they're okay to do that. You've given them permission to get on your phone, fill out that information. They're still listening to the message. Um, I think to me, that piece is so important and being very proactive in letting people know Hey, we've got a few ways for you to connect today. You can uh, fill out a, a, a invite card or a connection card. You can do a QR code. Mm-hmm. We have a welcome center out there. Yeah, like giving those on ramps um, and making it to what the person is comfortable with. Yeah, like we've got to get out of this thing. Like, well, you have to do it our system, or else mm-hmm. we don't want you to do it. And it's like. Yeah. Uh, that that's such an arrogant way to do it. Let's yeah. our energy into how can we help you? How can we yeah. serve you? What's the easiest way for us 
to connect with you. Yeah. Um, of course, some of the ideas of the, um, you know, hey, we have a gift for you. Mm-hmm. And that piece of having that gift that's maybe in a bag that is, you know, red. And so the, that person in the lobby that's got that red bag, mm. you have already beforehand identified five to seven couples that you go, you know what, your gift is just connecting with people. If yeah. all you did was just seek out people with red mm. bags and just engage them, mm. you're normal, because, right, we have to figure out normal people. <laughs> you are going to have social cues. You're going to know, you know, yeah. how, to, how to do that. But as the strategy, the strategy dictates, hey, we've got to find these people beforehand yeah. that will be kind of hosts. I, I, I know when I was at Life Church, one of my favorite things to do was I would stand in the lobbies on the weekends and we had five or six different uh, weekend experiences mm. would come and they would be brand new and we would be able to identify that they were new, however way. And then one of the volunteers would bring that new family over to me. And my yeah. job was to give them a quick tour of mm. the facility. And my job was to just engage them and say, Hey, yeah. this is our children's ministry. This is our check-in. This is where, um, uh, this is the sanctuary here. And we, you know, it was a big campus, but it wasn't that they couldn't find it. It was mm-hmm. that we were taking the opportunity to get to know them and have a healthy on-ramp. And then I was taking their information. I was just yeah. writing it down and giving it and then just letting them know, hey, we're going to be giving you a call. And so their expectation was, hey, we're going to get a call from uh, the pastor. Like they left understanding. And I think this is a thing that's uh, really easy to do, but really important is just to manage the expectations of the visitor. Hey, we're going to yeah. be giving you a call. We just want to love on you, see how you're doing, mm-hmm. see if there's any way we can serve you. Just yeah. those two things says so much about your church yeah. and then it allows them to understand, hey, pastor's calling. Yeah. This culture, when I grew up, we would go and we would knock on the door Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And, you know, it just seems so foreign now, right? We would yeah. never do that. We would never mm-hmm. go honest, but I remember as being a teenager, I was on the welcoming team and we would go Mm -hmm. after Sunday, somebody, a family had come to church. They were brand new Sunday at about four o'clock. We would go and knock on their door and just say, we're so glad you're here. Wow. Now that sounds about as cringe as you could get today. (laughs) Like I would never want to do that, but that was how it was that now to manage a person, a guest expectation to say, Hey, we're going to give you a call. We Mm -hmm. just want to, uh, love on you and see if there's anything that we can do uh, to serve you. That is such a great statement just mm-hmm. to be able to give your people because it manages the expectations. They know that there's not going to be anybody knocking on their door, yeah. you know, and, uh, during the football game. They know yeah. that um, it's that communication, but they also know that it's going to come from the pastor. And so, yeah. I think that those on-ramps are really important. Um, mm. I love the um, photo booths on the big days and yeah. having somebody there that just says, hey, can I get your name and phone number? Yeah. We'll send these to you. Like yeah. That's a great way to connect with people. Mm. Um, I always love the three questions, uh, name, email, how long have you attended? Yeah. And everybody gets that question. The, you know, it might be somebody that you know has been there 10 years, but you're asking them, yeah. they say 10 years. 
but it's fun for the people that have gone there for a long time. And they're like, yeah. man, I can't believe I've been here for 10 years. Yeah. And the people that are brand new that say, this is our first Sunday. And then immediately you get to go and say, hey, let me take you yeah. to the welcome center. We have a gift for you. And then they enter into the process. Yeah. Those are all strategies. Those are all things that are sat through. And, and strategy only works if you put it through the DNA of your church. Yeah. So if your DNA is love and serving and grace and ministering to people, then that strategy is going to reflect that. Yeah. Um, And so those are the important things about that. Mm. Awesome. Cool. Okay. Well, I've kept you on here for a while. So, but yeah, uh, it's been super good, like super good. Um, I, yeah, like you said, I could talk about this topic for forever. I, I love just thinking through this stuff and yeah. I love it too. And hopefully you'll have me back someday. Oh, well, definitely. I will have you back on here. (laughs) We have a lot of topics we could talk to. So yeah, thank you for coming on here. Um, I'm super excited for everyone to just uh, get inspired and challenged from this and uh, moving forward. So thanks. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.